When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Talking Cop. It is another match reaction show hosted by me, Matt, and I'm joined by a pair of Chris's. We got Bracky on one side, Golding on the other. Good evening, gentlemen. Finished at Bramall Lane. Sheffield United nil, Liverpool two. Goldie, that wasn't the best, was it? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> it wasn't. But we got three points. It's a dark night, and uh, yeah, what more can you say? Um, got the stabilizing gun out and shot myself in the nuts pretty much for the entire second half, just to stay awake. Well, we can we can talk about that to try to fill up a show's worth of time. Uh, Bracky, was your uh, second half as eventful as that? No, it was dull, wasn't it? It was dull. It, oh, it's just one of those games that you get out of the way, get it won, which we did. If I'm honest, they, I think Kel had one save to make all game. We weren't great. It was a bit, it felt a bit looting away, but we were clinical this time. So, yeah, it was one of those results. It was just like six, five, six out of ten, job done move on key thing is we've got ourselves we're keeping ourselves within two points of top spot and we've got the opportunity now to put pressure on next week to go top before they play which is all good yeah yeah it's uh it's one of those games that all that matters is the three points i know in our telegram group before the match started i was obviously uh well over optimistic for how the game was going it really felt like we could put a smashing onto sheffield united because with no respect whatsoever they are terrible they are terrible, and they are going down if there is not some sort of major miracle. They don't even need a minor miracle. They're into the major territory. But you get those regular people that just go, all I want is the three points. Just get us the three points. You know, results, all that, that, like just three points. And, well, guess what, all those people, you got exactly what you wanted because this is one of those one of those games. Uh, I mean, lineup-wise, Goldie, I mean, we went with Kelleher and Gold, Trent, Ibu, Van Dyke, Gomez playing at left back instead of Simicass. Uh, midfield three is Sabasly, Endo, McAllister, and a striking uh, triumvirate of Mo Salah, Cody Gakpo, and Luis Diaz. It's a pretty solid lineup. Can't be too upset about that. Simicast has to rest sometime. Um, no, it, I mean, I, I suppose you're getting somewhat used to changes. So, yeah, it did. Yeah, it didn't surprise me that much. Uh, I was I was interested from the start to see what way Endo would get through. Uh, what I would have thought probably was going to be around sixty minutes of thereabouts. But yeah, did I mean? In in for all honesty, I kind of missed the first fifteen minutes as I was butchering the family's dinner, and then um, pretty much, got much. The yeah, I got the staple gun out around the thirtieth minute. So yeah, it, it, it was fine. It just sort of reminded me of um, my son plays under 13s and they have a couple of kids who swing at everything. So they have a drill where um, 
they have to pass till they get to the five yards out from goal, and that's what it felt like. It was it almost. I know it's it's again. Everybody's going. You're so negative. Just it seemed to be passing, 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 overpassing, fast passing, some mad passing, and some mad attempts. And yeah, just the struggle was real to stay awake. I never felt massively in danger, but uh, yeah, it, it, I wouldn't say it was a, that different of a lineup than possibly Klopp is going to be putting out between now and February. But uh, it seemed, yeah, oh. it, seemed, it should have been easily enough. Yeah, breaking, with sorry, uh, breaking news from Ian Doyle. Uh, Klopp has confirmed Matip has ruptured his ACL and will be out for the rest of the season. Oh, well, that uh, that probably means that Joel Matip has played his last game for Liverpool Football Club. Then I think I, I think that does. Oh, that's that's, that's terrible. And that's Louis Luis Garcia went out and left in a very similar way. He did he did that around this time of the year, and then that was the end of it. That was the end of him because his contract was up. God, oh. man, it was such an innocuous passage of play that ended up with Matt Tip getting injured, you know, right in between the two uh, the two benches along the side. And that's that is a oh. bummer. But it does free up another player for uh, a mention on the <laughs> tribute show, because I think we can probably start classifying Matt Tip as a former Liverpool player at this point, And uh, he will deserve some love one way or the other. Uh, that's yeah, that's a real way to really uh, take air out of what was look, already. It, it completely, it completely caught me off guard. I was just looking at it before it flashed. I was like, oh, oh, oh gold. What, uh, what, but, ne- what next, Chris? Did Man City find a way to draw two goals back against Aston Villa? How else do you want to ruin our night? No, no, we're still losing one nil, so you know. Oh, okay, well, that's good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the lineup, uh, people, I, I'm oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, people will sleep on one thing though that does put Villa two points behind us, which is sort of snuck up me a little bit. I was like, oh, shit, that's that's quite close, isn't it? That's uh, they're a serious outfit, Aston Villa, and mm. they got a proper manager and they got a damn good squad of players there. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I for one had them tip to finish fourth at the start of the year, so I'm feeling quite uh, bullish about all that as well. But, uh, I mean, yeah, in terms of the lineup, like I, I thought it was a kind of a tough one to predict when I was thinking about it this morning. Of you know, you could see a curveball, you could see a Harvey Elliott get thrown in there, you know, you could see I'm not sure where Bradley is on his road to recovery, you might see somebody like that, but. It's getting to the point now where, uh, I mean, to go off of, if anybody hasn't seen or listened to Monday Night Show with uh, Gav, Phil, and Pete, I would highly recommend you give it a listen because that was that was absolutely glorious in terms of talking about our squad depth. But that's, that's a good squad. It seems like we're consistently able to make four, five, eight, nine changes and still put out teams. You look at it and you go, I'm fully confident that, that team is strong enough to get us over the line. And I... Again, it wasn't the romp that I was hoping it was, but also it wasn't a uh, complete refereeing disaster class by one uh, Mr. Oops. Hooper that also could have been <laughs> expected I'm, as I'm well. But I he he was calling fouls at least. Like there's he had three fouls called in the first four minutes, and that's when uh, McAllister was uh, kind of stepped on when he gets taken out from behind and he falls underneath another one of the uh, uh, Sheffield United players. I think it was Homer just ends up stepping on his ankle a little bit. And then there's an extended delay in the game while McAllister receives treatment and comes back on and then eventually ends up taking another one and then going off injured. So fingers crossed on the McAllister thing. Hopefully it's not as bad news as the Joel Matip one. But I really, for me, the biggest points were like the 10th minute. Joe Gomez decides to do some sort of Cruyff turn on the halfway line, loses it 
It's a 2v1. Trent does a pretty good job getting back. Gomez races back to try to even up the numbers. Trent gets a heel on the pass from the one Sheffield United player. I think it was from Archer to McAteer. And it loops over his head. He chests it down. He gets a shot up. Kelleher, this is pretty much his only work for the entire game. And I mean, Goldie, that's kind of what we want to see from Kelleher because he was admittedly shaky against Fulham on the weekend. Pretty much the only thing I can think of that he was called into action to do tonight was in the 10th minute when the game was still there to be decided. And he stood up and did what we need our keeper to do. Yeah, I mean, look, football's after actual 90 minutes as a narrative. And obviously, I, I don't really get involved in an awful lot of the social media clamor for calling somebody done, washed or whatever straight away. So, yeah, any any game where he gets to keep a clean sheet doesn't have to do a lot, but, you know, covers what he has to do. Well, good news for us because... I'm still kind of reeling from your uh, batty news. So, um, yeah, um, I mean, it, it's starting to shape up, I think, for a lot of teams that injuries is going to be an issue for the next six weeks. So, yeah, if our keeper, who I guess was never expecting to be playing uh, Premier League games, is now going to be playing possibly up to four thereabouts, depending on what more bad news Klopp has to drop. Uh, yeah, he... he I don't recall at any point where, you know, outside the voice in your head about whatever he's roaring about online came into my head. Solid. He was there, thereabouts. I never really, I, I said off camera to Chris that, like, the, the, always the problem with a one-goal lead is somebody could be trying to put a cross in and it go, they hit it wrong and it goes in the far corner or something. So, no, I, I thought... His ball distribution was great. They certainly went to him an awful lot. So, you know, yeah. Get in the villa. There you go. Final score. <laughs> one nothing villa. Uh, just to put that out in context, that's three wins in nine now for City. But yes. not great. You know, not but, not doing great. Old uh old Pep is just gonna be absolutely human over that, I'd imagine. Is that also slowly is that... but surely winding up to uh, becoming uh, an Irishman of the 70s who will just self-implode as the world mounts against them. So, uh, six-minute rant up to this game. So, I reckon he's in for a good 15-minute one tomorrow. <laughs> like, monologue. So, so, yeah, so that's now no wins in four. Four, four straight games without a win. It's interesting, because I, I believe if we go on the run like that, you could imagine the pressure that would come up. Oof. So it'd be interesting because that's a keep throwing away leads. Yeah. Well, to take take a leaf out of Matt's book and always look at the positive side of life. I thought I'd messed up because I thought we were on for a romp tonight. I switched my captain from Haaland to Mo, and Mo got six points, whereas Haaland got two for being a captain. Yeah. So win, win, win. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. You got to like all that. Uh, Bracky, I'm going to come on to what for me. Outside of our two goals, which, of course, we're going to talk about a fair bit because not a lot else. To me, this is the biggest talking point outside of our two goals. The 17th minute, Sheffield United Sheffield United have a counter. It's 2v1 against Virgil van Dijk. He does what Virgil does, that famous 2v1 against Spurs a few years ago, where he cuts the pass out completely. He waits until the last minute. He slides over. He gets a block in, and he blocks it. I thought the defending 
was absolutely absolutely fabulous. Like it's exactly what you want your center half to do. And on the international feed, we had, I believe it's Karen Carney and Efinokoku. It's definitely Efinokoku. I looked it up because I've heard about Efinokoku, who apparently says he should have got in there sooner. Why is he letting him go so late? Why is this? I'm also going, Efinokoku, two things. One, you were never a defender. Two, it's knowing your players. You know, it was like when we had the, the famous Tottenham one is, it's because he knows um, it's, it was Sissoko, wasn't it? Yeah. This guy can't hit. This guy can't score because he's not he's, he's not known for it. So do you know what? I gotta make him shoot because if he slides it to Son, I'm knackered. And he left it and left it because he couldn't slide it slide it to the better player. And he's doing what all good defenders hold to do is make the striker make a decision. Don't make it easy for them. You know, make them think what we're gonna do, what we're gonna do. Because he's dying for bad like to either dive in so he can slip it inside or dive in and get a penalty. And because he goes, no, you shoot, you shoot. And then he's, he's still got that yard of pace. He snaps in. Um, excellent world-class defending. Van Dijk, that's how Van Dijk did defend. Uh, he kind of sort of went away from that last season, but he's, he's definitely had a word of himself and sort of got himself back in order. Um, he was great. I mean, I thought he was, you know, I thought he was the best player on the pitch. Um, yeah. I, but he, it's what you needed. Captain's example. And the good thing, if you want to you know, be positive head on is that's two games running now. Our attack hasn't really fired. None of the attacking threat we have has fired. But, but you know, we've had midfielders and defenders caught with goals, which is something we weren't getting last year. Last year, it was literally like, well, if Mo or Darwin or Jota don't score, we're fucked with it because none of the lads in midfield or defence are going to score. So what are we going to do? Whereas at least now we're looking at a side that can score from all areas, which is something we haven't had for a little while. So, again, you know, they're the positives you can take out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I was just completely blown away because I was writing in my notes of how perfect a way of defending that 2v1 break was. And then Akoku goes on for like a minute. Just that is not how you defend. That's just wrong. He should immediately be making a beeline right over. And it's just like, holy shit. It's like he, he got warped from a time machine from the 80s or something like that and well, doesn't like, understand like- how the modern game is played. Well, he played for he played for Wimbledon, so you know there was only one way of playing when you played for Wimbledon in the nineties. You know what I mean? It kind of I, says, oh, yeah. I had I, I had I had Michael Brown, which at first I thought was Leon Osman. I was thinking, oh, he's a bit anti Liverpool. I was Leon Osman, and then I went, it's Michael Brown, and I explained why Shepherd United. But to be fair to Michael Brown, even he was going, that's brilliant defender. He goes, he said he's made him shoot when he doesn't want to. He said that's what we didn't want to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then, I mean, we started a procession of corners. I mean, in the first half, I think we ended up with nine corners in the first half. And finally, on lucky number seven, and I don't know, Goldie, if it was the butt crack from Trent Alexander-Arnold. <laughs> I mean, that's, a bit we all, that's a bit we all remember. Trent's got his ass out. He zoomed. <laughs> like, the camera operator zooms right Man. in on it just before he takes it. But, I mean... Before that, there was there was a chance for, uh, you know, a dubious VAR check. Uh, I believe it was Gakpo that was hauled to the ground in one of our multiple corners that came before that. And on this one, ball gets floated in. And for the first time I can remember, Virgil van Dijk doesn't volley a ball out of the stadium. Instead, he puts it into the back of the net. That's a nice change, isn't it, Goldie? Well, the first thing, Matt, to introduce you to the Irish language, we call that a builder's arse. Uh, it's a certain way of wearing your trousers 
It's a plumber's very crack popular. over here. Yeah, yeah. Plumber's very, crack. Well, very popular. And I, I was most impressed that our, uh, Trent has added that to his arsenal of um, distracting the You were dying to get that joke in all day. No, I haven't. It's, it's just it's, I've, seen this, a lot, I've seen a lot of builders' arses, and it's very distracting. And um, yeah, I'll it, stop, it, I'll stop stalking builders. Well, I can't help myself. <laughs> I just, there is restraining orders in most of Dublin, but there's still a lot of building going on. So, um, yeah, no. It, it, to be honest with you, the question became how was Van Dyke pretty much the entire penalty box to himself. So uh, he had all the time in the world, as Louis Armstrong would say, and he connected perfectly. But it did make me worry that when they started going back on a check on it, I was like, something has to have happened. It's like, at least Trent, somebody was covering for a header. Yeah, I looked back the old game, they were, they were hanging off it, you know, <laughs> pulling this shirt, hanging off it. And the one time one fellow tried to run at him, he just bounced off him, which is just yeah. comical. Because then you can see that I think he was more embarrassed the way he was lying down, going, please for free kicks. That looks terrible. I just bounced off. No, it was a great strike. Uh, I, I can't, I, to be honest with you, I was still kind of obsessing over the builder's arse that I probably uh, didn't really pay that much attention to the actual strike. But uh, he did what he had to do. And I don't necessarily think it was the world's greatest corner. But uh, yeah. One nil, and that like ran out of staples at that point. So you know, it gave me hope. Well, you were going to need him for you're going to need him for the second half. That's for sure. I mean, Chris, it was it ends up looking like an absolutely perfect corner delivery from Trent because of the sheer amount of space that Virgil finds himself in. But I mean, we've seen him get on the end of innumerable number of corners coming in, and he invariably skies them sometimes they bounce off the top of the bar are volleyed up by a short arm goalkeeper and then headed in for the most hilarious winner ever but usually they just end up in the stands so a, a good change his first goal of the year it is yeah i mean the, the bad thing is a minute or two later he has a corner and the head is easier yes he misses the easy one the head, the head is the one you expect him to score uh but listen he should Virgil should always get more goals than he does. I mean, he's ridiculously heavily marked now because everyone knows what, what he is. But I think him and Canati should always get more goals than they do because I think they're so dominant in the air. But listen, what you want your captain, you know, stepping up when the others, when the others aren't. Because I actually thought after we went one up, we actually were a bit lively for about 10 minutes and started to create a few more chances. Not massively clear-cut ones, but it at least made me stay awake for another 10 minutes, which was always a, a positive. <laughs> <laughs> you guys life is so tough yeah yeah that's a good point though chris because i do have noted down after we scored the goal that we had a couple of moments where we had some really good link up play like i got uh mo to trent to sabasly the ball ends up going out for a corner then ibu kanate plays a really good uh long ball up to sabasly who feeds trent in trent skies it well over uh 42nd minute joe gomez cut in on his right foot and i'll never not want Joe Gomez to shoot. I'll never not want it. It's it could be it could be tied or we could be down and needing to draw the game back in the 95th minute. And I'm still just gonna have this instinctive thing that just says, shoot, Joe, shoot. Uh but we get into the halftime. I mean, they had a late, late counterattack in the sixth minute of added time in the first half. And once again, Virgil van Dyke was there. Oh, before that, sorry. Alexis McAllister. Alexis yeah. McAllister off of a throw-in. I mean. A throw-in, I think he chests it, spins on the half volley, and forces a save out of Fodderingham. What a goal that would have been. I mean, he's clearly got the confidence flowing through him right now. But we Can get to halftime. 
Canal's had a brain fart again, didn't he? He's got this thing at the moment where he just wants to wrestle everything. He gets to win everything. And mm. That's what he gives away. Stupid free kicks just before the halftime. I was like, don't know, he needs to have a chat with Virgil. Just chill out a bit, honestly. He was just trying to bite everything and didn't need to. Yeah, yeah. he had a, he had a, a not great game stepping into the shoes uh, of Joel Matip. And uh, that's that's unfortunate because we're going to need to rely on Ibu Kanate I, uh, a lot. Yeah, I think he's one. I think he's one of those players, though. Uh, that he probably needs a couple of games to get back into rhythm. The benefit of Joel Matip, uh, maybe because he had a lot of practice, um, was when he come back from an injury, you'd like he'd never been away. You know, he had that great skill of you wouldn't know he'd been away for six months. He'd just land in and just be his usual Joel Matip self. But that not everyone has that skill, unfortunately. Yeah. Well. The one thing I say about Kanata, like I, I, I totally agree with Chris. It just seems to be a WWE thing comes in, but he had a, I think it was in just towards the end of the, the first half, he had a ropey two or three minutes where he had a ball we'd broke and he had a pretty easy ball to play out to the right, left it behind, and then didn't cover himself, glory cover him back, and then actually did steady the ship. So I get, I, I totally agree with you. You kind of sometimes. I can get a little bit worried that he just has to fail. He has to win everything. But he did have that couple of minutes, and I was like, Jesus, this is not looking good. But then seemed to calm down. But then again, they didn't offer a no, lot. They, they, were, they were interested. The only mild concern I have with Matter being out now and it is Canati starting is, defensively, generally, I'm fine with Canati. He's, he's got the power, he's got the pace, he's everything. If I, if you were an opposition manager, like if uh, United are doing this or Palace are doing this, as a tactic, you would actually say to them, let let Canati have the ball, because I just don't think his passing range is anywhere near what Van Dyke's is. And he doesn't do the drive and run thing that Matip does very often. That's just not it's not his game. That's fine. That's probably the area that we probably need to tweak with Canati is improve a little give him something in his arsenal. So because at the moment I just give him the ball. You know, and just say, Okay, try to try and ping it to 70 yards, but I don't think you can. And see if you can find Salah from there. I thought some of his long passes were much better today than some of his what you just call routine passes. Like the one you're talking about, Gold, pretty sure it was 61st minute. He just makes an awful pass and they break mm. and Trent gets back, makes a great interception. And then it's a minute later, he's caught on the ball. They start a counterattack and that's when he ends up taking his yellow card. And from there on, he's kind of walking a bit of a tightrope for the rest of the game. Like every time the ball got near Ibu Kanate, it was like easy, 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 mm. easy. Because he just... He just felt like he had that in him. Like it felt like he could have that second yellow card in him today. And I, I think last year, I think last year we probably lose that game and we're down to ten men. That's kind of how last year went. I think yeah. we were, we were a bit more, a bit more street smart with not giving the cheap second yellow. You know, bless him. You know, Karate, he, he had a go, but he managed. He managed not to do it, which is good. Well, I, I suppose like the. the to go one angle on it is if you're going to go to all the, the cliches about what it was for them tonight, Sheffield, I mean, they are at the bottom where you would, at this time of the year, you're thinking there's still a chance if we can crawl draws and points and the new manager bounce. And yeah, it's not that new of a manager. So, I mean, it, it seemed to be Baltic cold. So let's just give everybody a pass that it was just a difficult environment to play. I, exciting I'm, football. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we played them today when he's only been there yeah. 24 hours. I don't think you'd have wanted them on Saturday because he's he's had time to get into them and try whatever different thing he wants to do. 
overlapping fullbacks. Overlapping yeah. or no well, center halves. Overlapping but, center halves. But you know it's like this, the new manager bounce thing. It's probably not as big a thing as we make out, but I always think if they've had like a week to prepare, that's yeah. when you're a bit more right, okay. We haven't we don't know what they're gonna do. Mm. He's had twenty four hours. So I, in twenty four hours there wasn't masses he could dramatically change. He was really only on the sidelines as kind of a token gesture because I I doubt he would have even have had what a training session you know maybe have gone through set pieces or something like that on the morning before the game sort of thing. Uh, I will point out because uh, Fodderingham has come in for some very deserved criticism this year because he is the goalkeeper for the worst team in the league. Fifty fourth minute we have I believe it was our eleventh corner at that time. Trent swings it in. Mo catches it on the volley. That's a great save. Yeah, like he Mo leathers that ball. He wants that 200th goal. We all know that he's a guy that counts his own records. He knows that he's on the verge of a massive milestone, and that's a big, strong hand. I mean, Mo could have put it a foot to the other side of him, and it would have been an easy goal. But I mean, for a crap keeper on a crap team, that's that's a good save for him, and it kept him in the game because at that you know one nil, all the cliches, you know, all it takes is one set piece or yada yada yada, but. I will give uh, Fodderingham credit for that. Shortly thereafter, though, is for me the downside of the game, which is Alexis McAllister going down again uh, and needing to be subbed off. So hopefully it was precautionary. I don't know if any of the uh, Twitter medical community has had a look and can determine what grade a tear he suffered based on how he walked off the pitch. But he looked like he was walking off the pitch all right. But at the same time, Virgil van Dijk looked like he was walking off the pitch pretty fine at Goodison back in 2020. So... But never... Isn't the strapping because someone stood on his knee in the first half? So isn't it probably just strapping because he's probably got a cut? Yeah, but then he took he copped another one just before he went. Yeah, he on. got it in the ankle. He got yeah. Chest so, I, mean, the ankle. That, I think that's why he was. I assume that's why he limped off a bit. It was more because he got. I think he got walloped in the ankle twice. Which I mean, the ref to be fair to him, at least gave a free kick. You know, hmm. he couldn't find his yellow card, but you know, at least gave a free kick. You know. I, he, he legitimately may have left his yellow cards in the locker room for the first well, half. Well, until Dowell. Until Dowell. I'm just going to, yeah, I'll let it play. Until Dowell turned up. Then he went, oh, yeah, hang on. I've got, I've got one for you. Well, Darwin fully deserved that one. And fuck me for having him on my fantasy team for kicking the ball away and taking a yellow card for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Oh, but uh, speak of the Darwin, 66-minute uh, Darwin and Harvey Elliott come on for Luis Diaz and Mo Salah. So the wait for goal number 200 continues for Mo. It will come. There's just no two ways about that. By this point, the game was pretty flat. I mean, I'm sure you had reloaded the staple gun at this point, Goldie, to try to keep awake. Chris, you're slapping yourself with a set of driving gloves either side just to try to keep awake. And I take notes of uh, really not exciting I start, things I start, I started reading books in SQL coding to, to be honest it was well riveted I was like oh, this is amazing this look at these commas go that's how exciting this is do you know what I mean yeah uh, well, I, mean, I started my daily thinking about the roaming empire as all good men on this planet do <laughs> but you actually <laughs> skipped one I'm amazed you skipped it was before either of those came oh, on Joe, oh Jones came on and Jones that woke on. me up that woke me up because it always gives me the fear so uh I thought the three lads they brought on, when they brought Jones and Elliot on a bit later, it was just, just keep the ball, which yeah. is pretty much what we did, and then hit Darwin on the break. That was pretty yeah. much all they were there for, is just keep keep the ball. And Grappenberg, when he came up for the last 10 minutes, was that was Liverpool saying, one nil's enough, keep the ball, don't let them touch it, and we'll be fine. 
Well, we would have been if Karate kept kept up from kicking people, which would have been helpful. Yeah, I I mean, ten minutes after Darwin comes on, Trent finds him with an incredible pass. It, it's another Sisco. one to add to the uh, growing, worryingly growing list of Darwin Nunez missed chances. Again, Fodderingham I thought did well. He comes out, he makes himself big. There's not a lot of space for Nunez to get the shot around him, but it's just one of those situations where he's in. There's nobody between him and the keeper. Like, just tip him. Please, just one yeah, of them. Chip. Just, yeah, put it between his legs or, you know, go around him. Just do something to put the ball this, in the back of the net. Because at this point, he's yeah. he's he's reaching desperate straits for needing a goal. This word Nunes falls into both things can be true about him, which is, I do think when he comes on, he makes an impact, as in his all round plays, you know, much improved. You know, his work rate's good. He gives us a pace option in, in behind. Um, you know, we'll talk about how he sets up a goal. I mean, even l- last week, he wasn't great in front of goal, but he's heavily involved in, in the setup for the third and the fourth. So that's, you can, we can all be happy with that. And also, we're happy with Darwin because I am. But I think it's also fair to say he's got to start being more clinical. And I think that's a fair criticism is he's not clinical enough. And that's what we could all say. You know, we, we need him to add that to his arsenal because he does. You know, it's everything you need in a number nine, then. Uh, sorry, I already get to these two comments before they get lost in the shuffle. Paul Giovanni says, City had a 0.00 XG versus Villa tonight. Are their minds elsewhere, you think? <laughs> to which Kieran B replies, Paul, I heard Villa had 115 shots. Just pulling so that number straight out of the ether. It's also come up after 15 games. Man United are three points behind Man City. And Man's that's like, this is mental. Really? Oh well, they are three points. What what's going on? It's <laughs> like this is like the twilight zone. Yeah. So I uh, I mean, eighty fourth minute. It was really Sheffield's last chance. They had three deep free kicks from kind of a left center position, and the first two they put in were actually quite good. The uh, the first one was early in the first half. The second one was sometime in the game. I can't exactly remember. The second one I remember because. They beat the line, and Sabaslai was the last man on the line, and he stopped. And if they were a half a yard of pace faster, they would have gotten on to the end of it. The third one, though, uh, they completely screwed it up. We start breaking the other way. Uh, Darwin does extremely well. He feeds the ball into Elliott, and it just gets cut out at the last minute. Gravenberch then comes on. Sheffield United have a penalty shout. They take off a, na- a guy named Trusty, which add that to the list of all-time great Premier League last names. I mean, yeah, a yellow card for uh, Norwood, whatever his first name is. And then the fourth minute of added time, Darwin Nunes, already on a yellow card, throws in a jump sliding tackle that he Great executes tackle. perfectly. Perfectly. After fucking up his Croy's turn, which was what you love. He tries to go Croy, then fucks it up. But then there's a, the best tackle you've seen in the game. And probably Incredible. the best cross of the game. You go like... It's just what he's about, isn't he? You know, he's, he's, you know, one minute he's brilliant, next minute he's just like, oh my word, what's going on here? Yeah. Darren seems yeah. to kind of more and more suggest that if he has time to think about something, it's, it works against him because between the tackle and the energy from that, he just looked up once and ping and didn't, it was perfect. But I, I, I'm starting to wonder is he one of these humans that operates better? instinctively rather than going i stop now think about this who's available because 
my heart was in my mouth because of how silly the first yellow was. He goes for like what normally is a kamikaze tackle, uh, gets up, doesn't, I don't know whether it was a fear of not wanting to hear uh, the ref blow or anybody kind of suggest that possibly he didn't and just goes, right, I, if I distract everybody long enough, I'll just won't get booked. Lashes in the cross. Perfect. What a finish. It looked, yeah. it, it, it looked, it may, on TV, it kind of looked very ordinary. What a finish. The touch. And then he looked. Like, yeah. Yeah. Darwin, yeah. Darwin, it, wow. <laughs> I will Darwin gets credit for that involvement for the second goal, but he gets even more credit for realizing the mistake he made in our last game and binning that absolutely fucking ridiculous double hollow loaf haircut that he had and just going back to the standard ponytail. That's all well and good. But yeah, that was that was life flash before your eyes for anybody else that has Darwin Nunes in your fantasy team, because when you see him like jump into that tackle of like, well, that's a second yellow. That's a red card. He's now getting sent. Oh, shit. He got the ball. And then they, they, you know, oh, they're checking it for VAR because you check absolutely every single thing for VAR these days. You know, did he get a touch on the ball is what effing the genius Okoku had to say. And it was like, he didn't get a touch on the ball. He trapped the ball. He trapped it, Perfect. Yeah. Like, perfectly. You could put that sliding tackle into a into a textbook and and teach it because it was brilliant. And, again, yeah, like, uh, like one of you said at the start of the show, Sabasai scores, so that's a defender and a midfielder scoring for us. So another game where our forwards just not quite fit firing and uh, hitting the back of the net, but we're starting to pick up goals from elsewhere. And we must now be well past the number of goals from midfield that we got all last season. Like, we just have to be. We have to be, yeah. Yeah, I I don't think that's it that's count. It's four, it, it, four or five maybe we got from midfield last season. And, uh, I mean, we've had, what, four midfield goals in, like, the last I mean, two sure, We should be able to remember them because that's first of the word, many, were they? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, while Chris Googles that, goalie, uh, who's your man of the match for today? And why was it Virgil van Dijk? Oh, Endo. that's Endo. I like it. That's a very, very good shout. Good, great game, didn't he? I thought so. I mean, like, I mean, look, I'm not going to, I'm not the kind of person, obviously, so well prepared that I was ever bombing around looking at videos of what he does or whatever. So he, I, I've just watched him as he played for us. Didn't get excited. Didn't get down about it. But tonight, to me, every time I looked at the screen when I was after filling the stapler, he was either in their penalty box, covering the middle, or not, not last ditch, but being an extra defender, making a nuisance of himself. And considering I, I didn't think necessarily a lot of the time the ball was being moved quickly. He found his passes. I don't remember anything that he left short or played into the wrong spaces. Just seemed to be everywhere. And yeah. I thought, I, I said to start, when I when you were asking about the starting lineup, I thought this is now just going to rotate that he does 60 minutes and somebody else comes on. But uh, I, I, I say... Nobody was spectacular tonight, and that's not being negative. Uh, yeah. But he was everywhere. He was literally everywhere. He was like he was told, you're probably not going to play another game until the middle of January. Give it everything. And he just seemed to be everywhere, stopping what he had to stop. Because most of the time I had to keep double-checking the screen going, our number three is in their penalty box. And then our number three was back. So, I, I yeah, I thought Endo uh, – 
you know, I, I think sometimes the man in the match is clear the ball off the line or put in the biggest tackle or score goals. But he covered the pitch tonight, covered and passed, got rid of the ball, didn't try to do anything particularly spectacular, but kept it ticking over. So, yeah, I, I went with Endo. I, I enjoyed them. I, I absolutely love it because that's that's pointing out and giving credit to a performance that's pretty easy to go under the radar because, like, I thought Van Dyke did everything he needed to do at the back. I mean, a clean sheet obviously harkens to that, and he gets the gold. It's all important. But uh, all throughout the game, yeah, I just thought Endo was fantastic. And, I mean, if I have to play devil's advocate, which I will always choose to do, uh, the one knock against Endo when we've seen him this season is that he's just been, like, not a half step slow, but like an eighth of a step slow. And Sheffield United are so slow because, again, they are terrible that he looked great. But, I mean, he did everything we wanted him to do. So, like, it's nice seeing that performance from Endo today that if McAllister needs the weekend off or, you know, he's not going to be fit until the Manchester United game, I'm now fully confident that Wataru Endo can step in there and he can be that number six for us because, yeah, he was, uh, he was what we needed today and kept that ball ticking over. And uh, Bracky, what about you? Did your Googling uh, yield any results? It did. It did. Are we counting Fabio Carvalho as a midfielder? Sure. That's one okay, goal, if right? We count, if, we count, if we count. Oh, no, we got three. So it, in, in the league, if you include Fabio Carvalho, we got eight league goals or 13 in all comps. Just put it in context, own goals was four. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. So, you know, I haven't checked what we've done this year, but, you know, um, I think I would like to think that's going to get beat. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, I, I would have thought we had beaten it already. So, I mean, if you take Carvalho's three out of there, I'm almost certain one of them came in it's that 7-0 route of Rangers. Yeah, if you, yeah, it is, yeah. So, if you take his, his out, it's 10 in all comps, six in the league. So, there we go. So, let's see. Uh, Sopaslav's got two in the league. Wataran's got one in the league. McAllister has one. One in the league. So, that's four in the league. And we're um, getting there. So, if we do all comps... It's already halfway, which is quite good. Uh, all comes. Carl's got one. Gravenberg has two. Yeah. So it's a three. Wetaro Endo has two, so it's a five. Sobers Lion now has three, so it's an eight. So yeah, we're on eight. So we're, yeah. we're, not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not far off. So No, you know. we we could we could be uh, at that point or past it by the end of the weekend probably, with the rate that it's probably going. Probably, I mean, probably be that the United again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Looking forward to that one. It's another. Uh, I I cannot wait until the anniversary of that seven 0 comes up. I'm hoping that Gav does a remembrance show for it because it was absolutely fantastic. But last year, that game was the first day when I started two weeks of holidays, and this year when we play them, start a two weeks holidays. So I cannot wait to get colossally hammered and come on into a YouTube show after we absolutely slaughter Man United again. But to back to the point at hand. Chris Brack, who was your man of the match? Uh, it, it probably, I, I'm going to go with Van Dyke, uh, but goalie stole all my points. Uh, I was going to do a shout out to Endo because I always thought he was exactly what you were number, your number six to do. Took his yellow when he had to take his yellow, uh, swept up where he wanted it to, and was neat and tidy with the ball. Um, I think it was the guys in front of him were were great. Interestingly, McAllister actually looks more comfortable as a six, which you wouldn't have thought. And to be fair to McAllister, he did one thing which he's been accused of not doing all season, which was we are caught in a breakaway. He yeah. was last man, swept yeah. up perfectly, got a tackle in, what you wanted to do, what people say he can't do. So, no, but I think it's Virgil because I think it, it's a captain's performance kind of 
old school Sammy Hippier a little bit of uh, cleared Aaron Hedinevin, bollocked his teammates when they needed a bollocking to switch on. You know, we're not letting this, we're not letting this slip. We're making if this is going to be a one nil, it's staying a one nil, and yeah. that's all you needed. You know, and, it's, and look, it's another clean sheet, which is good. You know, helps Kelleher's confidence as well, who actually thought I'd one save to make, did it, and keeps it nice and simple. So yeah. uh, I'd give it VVD, but you know, I no problem if you want to give it to Endo because I actually thought Endo played very well too. Plus, yeah. Endo managed to put on an Academy Award performance when he was getting his yellow, took the gum shield, tried to take the gum shield there. Oh, I think they should the biggest gobber in high definition and still yeah. looked like I, I don't know why that happened. Why, why am I being booked? It was the most cynical <laughs> yellow card you're going to see all night. Nah, so. he's, a, he's an innocent lamb. He's an absolute. Oh, so he takes the gum shield. He seriously takes the gum shield. They all sit back and oh, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> what's he's got a gum shield? Then he, then he, other football actually where a gum shield was um, Gomez. You know, he was playing goals for Spurs many years ago. He was a terrible goalkeeper. Really? That's, that's him. Yeah, he was yeah. awful. It's absolutely dreadful. It's a goalkeeper um, that played for Spurs, so you know it's a bit redundant. I, I, I think they got up for PSV with Liverpool battered in the Champions League as well, so you know, right yeah. on the wall. But yeah, I uh, I also like VVD, and I totally agree with what you said there, Bracky, about his being a captain. And I saved this comment from Red C, Red Sai from earlier. I presume it's Sai. Uh, VVD called Kelleher a world class goalkeeper in an interview. That's our captain, and I mean, it's exaggeration. We all know Massive. that, but every every so often, that's good man management. You know, you don't just need that from the manager. You also need that from the leaders around the team to just give him a pat on the back, give him an attaboy, and that might be exactly what Kelleher's confidence needs. And we need him, and Virgil knows that we need him, and Virgil leads the team. So I'm a big, big fan of that. But, yeah, it's just Virgil's defending this year has just been so much better. Like, it would be worthy of – like a case study to go and compare how he defended last season to how he's defending this season. Cause last season he was just a shell. It was like, he was scared of his own shadow of doing anything. And this season he is just right back in it again. I mean, the first chance they had in the game, they swung a ball in to the near post, quite similar to the one that led to Fulham's first goal. But instead of Harry Wilson being there to tap it underneath Kelleher, it was Virgil van Dyke who just put it out for a throw in reset the team. Everybody goes again. Late in the game, Joe Gomez has one where the ball is kind of scrambling around back and left back. I don't know how the ball ends up at Gomez. It was a bit of a fuck up on our part. I think Kanate was involved in it, but Gomez ends up playing the ball out off of their player. And instead of it going for a corner, it goes for a throw in. And Virgil's over and he's screaming at him going like, yeah, like, let's go. Because we all know that Virgil loves his clean sheets. So we got that back again. So few more things just before we get out of here. Kevin Sullivan, he says, turn around to Saturday morning, comes quick, rest, recovery, and go again. More changes incoming for Saturday. It wouldn't be Liverpool if we weren't the early kickoff on a Saturday, international break or not. So we are back on at the 1230 on Saturday, away to Crystal Palace. Uh, you expecting big changes in the lineup there, Goldie? I, to be honest, I just never enjoy playing Palace. So like, it's, it's just, I, I don't even, I'm sure you all know the stats that probably in my head, it, it, it's a game that we do better than what I think we do. Um, I I would, we'll start the last the 10. Spot. I would imagine, I'll put in a shape that I wouldn't be surprised Endo plays again from the start. Um, just because Fulham was a, a, a 
big confidence builder. Um, and tonight, I, again, as I say, he was everywhere. And I, I, I think a team like ours needs somebody who's going to be everywhere. Um, so um, will there be changes? I would imagine there will be, probably up to four. Uh, yeah. Front line. I, did, like, I, I know when we were talking before we came on, I like Gapko. I I didn't think was great uh, tonight. Uh, I was actually surprised Mo got slung first. Um, so I don't know about Gapko. Um, might play Nunes from the start this time, just rotating. Uh, the back four. I'm not too sure how much more moving around he can do. The only one he can switch in is bring in the Greek. And McAllister now looks like it's going. To, I I can't see him making the weekend. Going by his body language, how he sat down. Um, I just never enjoyed a Palace game. Uh, now there, I know they're a different Palace without Saha, but uh, I just don't enjoy Palace games. They always just seem to be a, a team that uh, seem to always catches out from memory. Well, so. I can't name the changes because I'm not at your level, but um, I do expect changes. Have 12, don't like. Don't like playing Palace. And I'm out of Staples. So There you go. Well, I'll, I'll drag you down to my level and beat you with experience, as the old saying goes. What about you, Chris? You expecting, uh, like Ashley L here, she figures that uh, Simicast, Gravenberch, Nunes, and maybe Elliot get to start against Palace. And that kind of feels like the platoon swap that we're going to be doing. Like Simicast, I think, is a nailed on. He's going to come yeah. back. Yeah, I think Simicast is nailed on because I, I think against Palace, you're going to need width and pace, and that's that's just not going to play to Joe Gomez's strengths. So I think you're going to have you want trends and oh, Simicast against Elise, though. Oof. Yeah, yeah, but we tried we tried that Gomez against a pacey winger. Against, I just think you need. I also think we'll dominate the ball because we normally do so. And she said people against Foden. Um, so yeah, I expect Simic has to come in. I think Trent will keep his place. Uh and she as long as Canata comes through tonight, no problem. You, you would leave him in. I think Sobber's live been told he's playing all three and then he's getting nowhere <laughs> near the union every, game. Yeah. I, just I think that, I think there's certain players, I think Van Dyke, Salah, Sobberslai, I Trent. think they've all just kind of been told, Trent, you're playing all these three games and then you're not, you're not even on the plane. You know what I mean? You're nowhere near it. Um, I think he'll start with Carlson number six as long as he's not injured. Depends on what the injury's like. Um, the like subside plays, I think one of Jones or Gravenberch comes in on the left. There's an argument for either. Uh, Jones, because he'll keep the ball and recycle it, which he'll, you know, he needs to get Palace. But the benefit of Gravenberch is he's more of a runner with the ball, so it depends what way Klopp wants to go with it. Um, Nudes will start. I think Salah will start. And I would start Gakpo over Diaz. I think Diaz was a little bit quiet tonight. I think Gakpo also gives you an extra bit of control with the ball. And he's a, he is, he is a left winger, so he can play there. So yeah. I think that could be quite handy. Um, our record at Sellers Park is all right, I think. I think it's not as bad as we think. I know it was a, nil, it was a horrendous nil-nil last time. But before yes. that, we so before so we drew last year nil-nil. Then before that, we won the previous one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight games. Last game we lost there was 2014 when we lost 3 1, which I believe was when we had Ricky Lambert up front, which says all we need to know about that that Brendan Rogers side. 
Yeah, I think with the I think with Palace as the opponent, I think the memories of the thirteen fourteen season. Yeah, just, I I think that that stings so much oh. that it just sticks in the memory. Yeah. Palace are like a breath. Palace are like a breath of darling. Yeah. If you I mean, if you play to your best, you will always you'll always beat them. If you're just off it, especially with them at home, you know they, they've got players here, like you said. You know, Elise is ridiculous. You know, really really good. And Edwards found some form in front of goal. Which is shocking because he looked like he was going to be an absolute flop. But they do have a pair of good center halves, and that's that gets you halfway to yeah. a mid-table finish in the Premier they League. Were booed, they were year. apparently uh, booed off at halftime with losing 1-0 to Bournemouth, and it finished 2-0 Bournemouth at home. It did finish 2-0 Bournemouth. I mean, I, I'd have to say that Iriola has firmly removed himself from that sack race that Paul Heckingbottom took the uh, blue first-place ribbon in for it. And uh, interestingly, interesting for them... Uh, Mitchell, the uh, the left back, who's you know decent left back, went off injured after twenty nine minutes and replaced by Nathaniel Klein. So again, that's kind of plays to hands. I always like playing someone like a Palace when it's their third game of a week because they're not used to three games a week. Whereas the Liverpool's United cities were used to three games. Villa have got used to three games a week. So I sometimes think that always stretches squads. So yeah. if you're gonna play Palace, it's probably the best time to play them when it's the, they're the third game. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, this uh, we're coming up to our last of these three eminently winnable games to set us up for the big Christmas run of uh, United, Arsenal, who's in there, Burnley, and then Newcastle as we flip into the new year. So I'm with some of the cup. Nah, the, no, the cup I'm... is the cup is as the cup does. I'm not too worried about it. I want to win the cup. The other ones here, and I mean, this might be good fodder for Gav and whoever he has on his guests for tomorrow morning's 30, which if you're up and around at 10 o'clock in the morning, Irish standard time or five in the morning, my time, check out the 30 Gav on wearing his, uh, we are Liverpool.ie toque and chatting football for 10 minutes and then random nonsense for the other 20 minutes. It's one of the funniest uh, parts of my day. listening to that podcast, but a question like Ashley L's of does Matip's ATL inj- injury make us push for a defender in January? That's uh... the way Liverpool are. It, it might be like a Louis Diaz situation. As in, if they've got someone targeted for the summer and there is an opportunity to get them in January, which and cost-wise it's not outrageous. You know, like you try to get Karate and they were told a flat no. Yeah. Then I think they'll go for it. Otherwise, I can just make doing or I'll trust Kwanzaa. Personally, yeah. I think that's a risk because Joe Gomez is now at the moment the first choice backup right back, the first choice backup left back and the first choice Backup centre back, and he's and he and he loves an injury, Joe. So, and Canati's not renowned for playing three games a week. So, I think if you get through the Christmas period, if you can get if you can get a centre back in that you, that, that is some clock wanted in the summer, I think you try to. I would also think I also think we need them forward bringing in in the summer, in the January. Personally, I'm so, did you say a forward? Yeah, because I'd I'd send Ben Dokart on loan, and I'd get a sixth choice striker because. Jota, his injury record's always a bit of a worry. And I don't think, I think don't need to run the games. And you'll lose Salah to at least mid-February as well. And you've got to keep replenishing that side of it. The old Fergie tactic, if in doubt, buy, buy someone who scores goals because it always helps. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, Bear here with the shout says Endo is also a centre-back. So he loves a header. What you, want, what you want is a five foot ten centre-back that wears a mouth guard. Works well for United. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, it's undoubtedly bad news because, I mean, like all fan bases, everybody starts getting worked up on ideas about transfer. And I don't think necessarily we would have been... Well, you would imagine knowing possibly it was Maddie's last uh, six months that they've been scouting all that. So maybe it brings it forward. But as I say, I, I don't know what our war chest is. And I'm not sure we would have been looking... And like, you know, I don't want to get Johnny Dowder, but like, for instance, with the injuries we're picking up, if there's any other issues, whether, it, you know, it looked innocuous with McAllister or whatever, but don't know. I, I'm starting to hate transfer windows as much as I hate playing Crystal Palace. So <laughs> I think, I, I think, dear Santa, dear Santa, dear Santa, two staple guns, please. Uh, I think, I think sometimes the problem with transfer windows is the amount of people that believe. I've read the Twitter account. Oh, it's Twitter about this. We we pulled out of this person, and that's that becomes gospel. And half time you go like, "Well, I thought we were even in for it." But everyone, it's a myth that we. But everyone thinks we were. Tiago, I, I don't. I don't think you. I am not even sure you'll see the Jesses this season. I'm debating whether you'll see Tiago. Well, it's I the Tiago one. I said that uh, I think it was you and Kev after hmm. you might have been there too, Goldie. It was like I don't know, like two months ago, and I said I don't think he'll ever play for us again. I just don't think he'll ever play for us again. He's going to want a swan song in his career. Swan song? Yeah, I think I said that right. Mm. In his career, he's not going to want to come back for Liverpool and just get injured again. I think we're going to buy somebody in January. I think it's going to be Andre, and we're going to not register Thiago for the rest of the season. If somebody comes in, say a Barcelona, a move yeah, that Barcelona. he wants to take for $5 million, you just take the deal and you let the I, guy go back to Barcelona. I, I think they keep Thiago to the end of the season and they just don't register Doak. Yeah, I I personally Doak will go in January and low, which actually no. The 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 issue with Doak is, is that Doak only needs to be registered for Europe. Doak isn't mm. taking up a spot in the Premier League roster. So if you wanted to sign a non-homegrown player, you need to find a spot on that roster. And to me, it's the obvious one is just well, Thiago. Doesn't the obvious one. The obvious one will be Joel Matip. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, quite obviously. I know that's really brutal and horrible, but if he's done his ACL, you know. That's a horrible like, to come back from. He's just had the injury announced, and Brack, he's already sending him off to the whatever you call giraffe glue factory. It's, I presume you could I make glue out of giraffe hooves. But uh, I think you're right, because when we were doing shows in the summer transfer window, and the, you know, as we approach the end of the window and people are going, ah, you know, we need a center half, we need a center half, I was of the opinion that we don't need a center half if we get incredibly lucky with injuries. And we were medium lucky with injuries. You know, Kanate picked up a little bit of a niggle. Trent got a little bit of a knock. And then Robertson got hurt. But that's the one place that we do have a pretty obvious like-for-like -like yeah. replacement, even though the quality gap is large, I will say. But Matip and Gomez and Kanate, for the most part, were staying healthy. And it was like – and then Kwanzaa comes onto the scene, and it was like, hey, it's born fruit. We didn't need to go out and spunk a whole load of cash on a – fourth or fifth or sixth choice center half that's not going to get that much game time so yeah now hopefully we speed that process up because there's no doubt that they've been looking at Matic's replacement like there's just not a question that they've been looking at people to replace yeah. Joel Matic because he's reaching the end of his life cycle so hopefully 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 well Madge Apple is bursting my bubble here and suggesting that uh, Pep Linder's uh, best-selling author is suggesting that Tiago will be back in the thick of it in January so that's I think you uh, but, uh, really upset you. I know. Yeah, I know. Well, no, it's just I just 
I just don't think he's going to play for us again. It's there's just yeah. something about it that I, just. Uh, I've got I've got a feeling we, we get at least one, maybe two in January. We seem to. Well, quite last couple of January, we've always picked someone up, haven't we? Last couple of January. Well, says it's hard to buy in January, but I would say go and look at our January transfers, and if you discount yeah. Stephen Cocker, our January transfer business is pretty fucking well, great. Well, well, there was, there was Kabak of the Hologram, which was just fucking marvellous. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Coutinho, Suarez, Van Dyke, Louis Diaz, Louis Gakpo. Diaz, Cody Gakpo. We do pretty damn good business in January, but we yeah. need to do the business on Saturday at 12.30 when we go away to Sellers Park to play Crystal Palace is the main good thing job. because we yeah, are two points, job, so. two points behind Arsenal. Uh, what are we ahead of City now? Four? Four ahead of City? Four ahead of City. So we are further ahead of Man City than Man City are ahead of Manchester United. And those are just the little things that you can use to keep you warm on what I'm sure is another Baltic night over in the British Isles, in the British Isles. Uh, Goldie, anything else you'd like to toss in before we get out of here? Yes. Um, because it was easy to overlook. Frustrated me a bit tonight with some of the champagne stuff, but if half the squad can feel as cocky as Trent is walking around the pitch at the moment, I tell you, boys, start believing. That man is, is feeling himself. He's like he wore a white suit to a festival. He is happy in his nappy. So if there's confidence can rub off from how good he's feeling. Uh, yeah, I, sorry, I meant to give him an honorary mention. He did do some stuff that you just went, oh, man, chill. But, I mean, that is a young man playing with a lot of confidence. He's mm -hmm. the greatest advertisement for cutting dreads ever because That's, he is yeah. strutting around. And, like, this is the, the, the one he tried to play with the outside of his right foot that was meant to kind of loop, beat four players and curl and drop into the box. Stupid. But the, it, on, the, on the first time from a turnover and play in the middle of the park, and, yeah, he hits it yeah. a little long. A 65-yard ridiculous ball, and he's like it was like he was uh, cussing himself out for not yeah, pulling but that the off. Fact that he was feeling himself, smelling himself that much that he thought he could do it. I think that's a positive sign. So yeah, I mean, right. I wouldn't, the, uh, I wouldn't have always, I wouldn't have always been like Trent, 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 Trent. But man, if we could just half the team could start feeling as cocky as him, honestly, I think we're. We're definitely in there with a shout. I'm not going to say anything about it. Do it. Do yeah. it. Yeah. He's feeling good. And I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's title talk right there from Chris Golding. What about you, Bracky? Anything else? Uh, this makes a good point. Uh, it's a potential sense half. Is the one from Palace, is it uh, Mark Gehi? Homegrown. He's decent. Actually, he'd be fine as a, a squad option for sense half. But uh, the other thing that was starting to came up today was. Liverpool have now scored in 32 consecutive games. Uh, the record the club holds, holds is 34. So that's why I'm always quite relaxed that I don't. I always assume Liverpool are going to get something back at a game because we've just got the firepower. And that's stretching back to last season. I think it was March of last year when we didn't score. So, yeah, listen. The, the nil-nil against Chelsea, which is up there with the nil-nil against Palace for the worst 90 minutes of Liverpool yeah, yeah. I've watched but in a while. But since then, we've, we've, we've scored in every game. So, you know. Can't knock it, really, it's all, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think scoring is going to be an issue. I think when you're sitting down as a Liverpool fan, you're watching 96 minutes of games, you you also are aware of the chances that we're not scoring. 
but I'm not worried yeah. about it scoring because we're creating a phenomenal amount. It's just if we could tighten up in defence, a few clean sheets and a team of trends, of attitude. We're there, lads. We're in there. We're, we're definitely... It's it's normally Christmas separates things. And we, we get Palace out of the way Saturday. We can start strutting a bit. Because it has All to right. come good. Oh, it's not Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. I, I was looking at Goldie because I want to I wanna get him to throw the positives. Oh, it's not Christmas Day, Goldie. Sorry? Oh, it's not on Christmas Day. Here's here it is, Bracky, for you, right? It's a yes or no question. I don't need I don't need your life story. Just a yes or no question. Come on, I mean, top on Christmas Day. <laughs> he yes. dies to say no. Yes, good lad. That's what we like to hear. Good lad. I'll take I'll take you one better, Chris. I'm going to tell you that we're going to be top on the 22nd of May after the season Ooh. is over because this th there's a title there to be won. There is no outstanding team in the league. There is no absolute dead cert in the league and that includes liverpool and we are in with an absolute puncher's chance and i think we got some guys that can throw haymakers on this team we yeah. got our big players are some of them are stepping up when we need them to virgil trent right now well some of the other ones are a little bit off the boil as long as mo doesn't get hurt in the afcon and yeah. i i came up with an idea today i think the difference between us winning the league and not winning the league is whether or not Darwin Nunes can hit 15 goals. If Darwin Nunes hits 15 goals in the league, we win the Premier League this year. And if he doesn't, we come up agonizingly close again, and we are all furious at the end of May. And nobody wants yeah, that to happen. So let's be the only, My only apprehension about being top, it just brings out then the no team has lost the league from the, being top of Christmas. That's the idea. It's not we have, though. We've done, we've done that loads. We've done that yeah, loads. Liverpool. We, have, and, we, have the, we have the record for that. And Arsenal did it last season. So, hey, don't worry yeah. about it. We're in a steam company. We're in a steam company. But uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Please hit the thumbs up like button on your way out. If you haven't already become a member and you like what we're doing here on the Top of the Cop channel, and you want to take part in some of the members-only shows live and in the chat, which I would highly recommend. It is the best way to take in the Talking Cop experience. So if you're listening on a download afterwards, if you can find the time to tune into the shows when they're live, get into the YouTube, whether it's on your phone or on desktop, and get into the chat. The chat is absolutely hilarious. we got a great group of regulars in here that make the channel everything that it is. So we do some of the shows that go behind a little member's wall for a day or two, and then they get released for podcast downloads. So everything is still available for free. But if you want to be there to take part in all the shows live as they happen, like the title shows with Chris, we got another episode of the title show Friday. coming out this week. Friday. 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 Friday night, we're doing episode four. Which is what? Uh, oh, Man God, United I, I, till COVID? Oh, I, I'll tell you. Somebody Google sheet. I, I haven't. Looked at it yet? I thought you were a semi-professional. No, 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 just just halfway. Um, so we're it's back for Leicester. So it's Leicester Boxing Day up to West Ham at the end of January. Oof, there you go. That's that is a great great run of fixtures. So yeah, that's episode four of the title program. Uh, Gab was just on the other night with Keith hosting, giving tribute to three of his uh, unsung heroes. 
no spoiler alert, one of them was definitely John Barnes. But there's nothing better, for me at least, than listening to Gav talk about John Barnes. It's absolutely one of the John joys Barnes. on the he never, he never mentions it. I, it's, it's hard to tell whether or not he was a fan of John Barnes, but I'm going to lean towards he might have liked John Barnes. I, just but... don't, think, I, don't, I don't think he's ever mentioned it to us. <laughs> well, exactly he went on known. about it last night. It's a known fact in Dublin that he still wears his John Barnes pajamas that he had when he was 10. And and sleeps inside of an A-team van-shaped tent that he got for Christmas when he was just a little kid. So uh, that's the joy of the Talking Cop. We'd encourage you to get involved if you can. Uh, what do we got coming up? Ah, there'll be a show. Gav will be on for the 30 tomorrow, and he can take you through the proper agenda because, like Chris Brack, I am not fully prepared. But on behalf of the two Chris's, I've been your host, Matt. We went to Bramall Lane, and we finally got a win against a newly promoted team, which I believe is the first time in the last five games that we played one. We stay within touching distance of the Arsenal. Man City managed to trip up to the mighty Aston Villa, who have won 14 straight home games. It's shaping up to be a tasty, tasty league, and we are going to be here to talk you through every single game after it is over. Thank you to Chris. Thank you to Chris. Thank you to everybody in the chat. We'll see you guys all later. Adios. Sports Social Podcast Network.